Jesus is speaking, if ye love me, that's relationship, say that with me, relationship, if ye love me, then keep my commandments, that's rules. If ye love me, relationship, then keep my commandments, that's rules. Today we're going to talk about relationship and rules. I was going to title it Relationship Versus Rules, but God wouldn't let me do it. And I'll teach you why in just a minute. Relationship and rules. Father, thank you for your guidance. Thank you for a spirit in this place. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the, 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 the sweet spirit that brings the word home and will convince us of sin, will convince us of judgment, will convince us of what and who we are and what we need. And I pray that you'll just, Lord, use your word as a scalpel this morning. Lord, to, to cut deep into our soul and see what's necessary. And I pray that you'll use it as a scalpel for healing. Lord, I pray that you'll use it as a sword to fight back the devil, fight back the demons of hell, fight back everything that's coming against these people. Lord, I know some of them's had a rough week. I know some of them's had a rough day. But I'm glad that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I pray that you'll put a hedge about this place. I pray that nothing will be done or said in this place that's not anointed and dripping with the Holy Ghost. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's not unusual for me to talk to Christian parents who are upset and concerned because maybe a college-age child or an adult child is no longer following Jesus. And the parents usually want to know what happened. They want to know what went wrong. That's a hard question to answer. There's a lot of different possibilities, but I, I do my best just to listen to the story, to encourage them and to pray for their child. But not long ago, I was uh, speaking in Houston, Texas, and after I was done speaking, this big man with this big belt buckle came up to me, but he had, uh, had tears in his eyes. And he began to tell me the story of his prodigal daughter who had left home and had walked away from her faith, was no longer following Jesus. But he didn't ask me what happened. He didn't seem to be looking for an explanation. In fact, with one sentence, he told me what he thought went wrong. He said, we raised her in church, but we didn't raise her in Christ. If you ever go to the doctor and get an inoculation, they give you a little bit of a virus to try and make you immune to the real thing. I think that's what's happened to a lot of fans. They got a little bit of Jesus, maybe at home, maybe at school, at church, a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of rules be a little bit of Jesus and a whole lot of tradition, but one of the most deadly things that can happen to your faith is to have just a little bit of Jesus. We raised her in church, but we didn't raise her in Christ. What a statement. I grew up in church my whole life. It's all I've ever known. My whole life. Grew up, was born basically... My dad was pastoring when I came into this world, so, so it's really all I've ever known. And I grew up with people 
that are my age now, some are in hell. Some have walked away from God and, 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 and went out into eternity. Some are in a place where they hate church, they hate God, they hate everything about it. Uh, some are in church and, 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 and serving God, but there's a great majority that's walked away. Why, why is that? Why is that happening? How could, as this, this gentleman came with tears in his eyes, came to a conclusion that, listen, every time the church doors were open, I made them come whether they wanted to or not. I made them go to Sunday school. I made them do this. I made them do that. They were always in church. And he makes the statement, I raised them in church, but I didn't raise them in Christ. Now, here's where a lot of us, we're confused. We're saying, well, ain't that the same thing? Isn't that the same thing? How many times have you heard people in the world just going through really difficulty, and this is what they say, boy, I've got to get back into, like somehow, magically, when you walk into this building, everything's going to start acting right now. Everything's going to start being better. Boy, we've got to get back in church. Like God is okay. He's making bad stuff happen in your life. Do you get back in that building? And once you get back in that building, he's happy now, so everything will go smoothly. Because we've, we've set up a culture in the American church that it's all about the rules. And as long as you're following the rules, then Jesus likes you. And as long as you know the thou shouts and the thou shalt nots, and, and as long as you're, and, and see, here's where we have a problem. Here's where we have an issue. Uh, I grew up in this side over here. I grew up, and, and, and son, I'm telling you, we had more rules than Jesus. Everything you can imagine, we were against. Everything we were, and if we couldn't find it in the Bible, it should have been in there. Amen? I mean, everything was wrong. Everything was ungodly. Everything was wicked. Thou shalt not, thou shalt, and all the, you know, and here we go. Every week, every, every service, we were beat down and beat down and beat down. And we get so frustrated because you never can live up with what you think the expectations of the preacher is. And it's all about the rules. It's all about the regulations. It don't matter. It don't matter that she's gossiping on the phone every day. Her dress is touching the floor. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he's cheating and flirting and doing all this other kind of stuff. He wore a tie to church. He must be a pretty good guy. And the rules and the regulations is all surface. And what happens is, what happens is you get tired of that. You get frustrated with that. And, and if you're lucky, if you don't just get out of church altogether, uh, if you say, man, there's got to be more to it than this, then you go far, way over here on this other side, and let's just love everybody. Let's just, it, it's not about the rules. We're not in the Old Testament anymore. It's not about the law. We're, not, we're in grace. We're not of the law. Hey, let's just love one another. And there's a problem there. There's a problem there. What happens there? You'll get people up in the praise team with shorty shorts on. I've seen it. I've seen Well, God doesn't care what you wear. God cares. He cares. I promise you he cares. He said, ladies, be modest. He cares. But what happens is we come over here, we throw the rules out the window, and hey, God's just love. He loves everybody. You can be a homosexual, and God, he don't care. 
Let's just throw all the law out. It's just, it don't matter whoever you are, whatever you want. It's all good. God is love. We love you and you love us and God don't care. He just loves you just like you are. And he don't, and he don't care if you stay that way. And see, this side over here, this side over here is calling that side over there a bunch of liberals. And this side over here is calling that side over there a bunch of legalistic Pharisees. And this side spends every Sunday condemning them. And this side over here preaches every Sunday about them skinny jean wearing preachers that wear no don't wear no tie and don't. Them horn, that's a horn tooting church. We had a we had a guy playing the saxophone in, in churches around Comas calling us the horn tooting church. Are y'all with me? So we got the church fighting each other. And Jesus is up in heaven wanting to slap all of us. People going to hell every day. And this crowd is whining about that crowd. And this crowd's whining about that crowd. And Jesus said, there is a middle road. I mean, I'm going to confess something. And this shouldn't shock you because I do this all the time, amen. Uh, honestly, I was, I, was going to, I was going to teach this morning about the relationship. Because, see, I was the one that came out of this group. I was the one that came out of this mean, legalistic crowd, pharisaical crowd that was sick to my stomach of that garbage. I was tired of people getting up every week telling me how sorry and low down I was when I was trying to do the best I can. I tried to live up to the rules they gave me last week. Now they come up with more rules this week, and I, I just got so frustrated with it. Am I, am I telling anybody? So I come out of this crowd, and I was going to share with you how important a relationship is. And you know what God done to me? Everywhere I went to talk and study and research about a relationship with him, guess what he kept including in it? The rules. For instance, first one. Here's, if you're writing notes down, I told you it's going to be a quick one. We're going we're gonna to enjoy this one, I'm telling you. Number one, there's a misconception. There's a misconception in the church today. What is that misconception? That you can divorce rules and relationships. That you can have one without the other. You can't. Everywhere I looked up the relationship, there was rules right there. Let me show you. Jesus said, Jesus said in John 14 verse 15, If ye love me, that's relationship, keep my commandments. That's, that's rules. He put them together. Watch this, verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, that's rules. He it is that loveth me, that's relationship. Everywhere in the Bible you find relationship and love, you find keeping the rules. Everywhere. Now watch, this is what God showed me. Because I really wanted to hunker down in, in relationship area. Because I, I think, honestly, I think that's where most people are missing it. Uh, because most people, if I, was to, if I was to guess, most people come from this background. Most people come from a legalistic background in churches that beat you up every week, and that's why so many of them have left. Now watch. 
here's, here's what God showed me. If you focus only on the rules and you don't teach people to have a relationship with God, in other words, all you deal with is the rules, looking right, talking right, dressing right, spitting white, all this stuff that you think that you have to do to know Jesus, if you focus only on the rules and not on the relationship, it creates rebellion. Say that word with me. It creates rebellion. So how do you know that? Because dealing with teenagers taught me this. How many of y'all got teenagers? All right. How many of you ever was a teenager? You classify. Let me tell you what I was doing. Let me tell you what I was doing. My daughter, my daughter, and it's usually the firstborn because the devil will always go after the firstborn. He will always go after the firstborn. Because the firstborn usually is a leader to the others. And so what will happen is when we focus only on the rules, and I did, I did. There was yes, sir, no, sir. That was you do what I say, when I say it, how I say it. You don't ask why you do what I say. You know why? Because that's the way I was raised. I still say yes, ma'am. I still say no, ma'am. I still say yes, sir, no, sir. I still do all of those things, and I'm not against those things. But here's where I created a problem. The only time and the only attention that my daughter received from me is when she broke a... And so in her life, our relationship consisted about her ability to follow the... She didn't understand that I loved her unconditionally, whether she followed the rules or not, that she didn't have to follow the rules for me to love her. I loved her anyhow, but I wasn't teaching her that. I was teaching her that if she wanted attention from me, she had to do something about the rules. And she broke a rule to get my attention. Even if it was a bad type of attention, she desired my attention so desperately that she was willing to break a rule to get me in her life. And what I was doing, I was creating attention because I wasn't investing in the relationship. I wasn't depositing into the love bank. All I was doing was writing checks of discipline when I had nothing in the bank. And when you write checks with nothing in the bank, hello. And that type of behavior creates rebellion. They will rebel against the rule. They will rebel against your standards. They will rebel against all of these things because you have not developed a relationship with them. And if we teach our kids that the only thing they know about God is the thou shalt and the thou shalt not, they grow up thinking that God is in heaven with a lightning bolt in his hand, waiting on the edges of glory, waiting for them to make a mistake so he can hit them with a lightning bolt. You're going to reap what you sow. And it creates rebellion. And they rebel against church. And they rebel against God. Now here's now watch this. They're not rebelling against God. They're rebelling against what they think God is. And that's that list of rules. Are y'all with me? So when all we do is focus on this, on the rules and not the relationship, we create rebellion. But watch this. There's another side of this coin. If all we do is just love. And as a parent, as a parent, I just want to be your friend. Hello? 
And there's parents that say, I just want to be their friend. I just want to be little Johnny's friend. I don't want to discipline him. I don't want to set boundaries. I don't want to put restrictions out there. I don't want to have rules. I just want to be their friend. And they grow up a brat. They grow up rude. They grow up, listen, a person that nobody wants to hang around and a person that is dangerous to society because they don't know what no means. There are times, parents, in your life that you need to be able to say no. You need to be able to set boundaries. You need to be able to set limits. You need to be able to put a fence around them and say, listen, I'm the parent. That's why. But in the middle of all that, you need to love them to the core. Because when they feel loved, they don't resent the rule. But if all, now watch, now watch, here's the other side of the coin. If all we have is relationship and no rules, we create anarchy. Rules without relationship creates rebellion. But relationship without rules creates anarchy. What is anarchy? Anarchy is lawlessness. It is chaos. It's without, this is Webster's, def, uh, Webster's definition, without government. Now here's the thing I want you to get. I know you think America's in a mess, and it is. Good. Mercy and glory, it's in a mess. But if you ever seen mankind in a state with no government whatsoever, no police force, no, no military, no kind of government whatsoever, you will see a monster. Because mankind ungoverned is horrible. The Bible says there was a time when man did what was right in their own eyes. If there was no government, there would be killings, there would be rapes, there would be murders at an unprecedented rate without government. God in heaven knew that we would need to be governed, that man's heart was desperately wicked. Who could know it? Man needed to be governed, so he gave us the law. Now, I know, I know the Bible teaches very clearly that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, to teach us that we needed a Savior. The law was given so that we would see where we have broken the law and we understand that we are sinners needing a Savior. But I believe with all of my heart that God also gave us the law to teach us how to treat one another. To teach us how to treat God and one another. We need to understand that we shall have no other God before Him. We need to understand that we should not lie to one another. We should not kill one another. We should not covet. We, are y'all with me? We needed government. And when all we do is try to have a relationship with no boundaries and no rules, it creates anarchy. Anarchy. And that's no good. Now, the misconception in the church today is you can have one without the other. You can be a legalist and follow all the rules and God's happy. It doesn't, it, does, it, 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 it doesn't matter that you're not, you're not worshiping him. It doesn't matter that you're not in love with him. It doesn't matter if you're, you don't feel his presence when you come. At least I'm following the rules. As long as I'm following the rules, everything's fine. No. And, and, and then over here, we think that, hey, as long as we love Jesus, 
It don't matter how we are, what we look like, or how we behave, or whether sins in our at night, as long as we love Jesus. No. If you love me, relationship, keep my commandments, rules. The misconception is you can have one without the other, and you can't. Because Jesus said, if you're going to love me, you're going to keep my commandments. And if you don't keep my commandments, that means you don't, church, say amen. Number two, here's the message. Here's the message that God showed me. Watch this. What's the number one rule? Okay, you're talking about rules. What's the number one rule? You see, the scribes come up with like 600 and something technical rules, and they, they classified them. They classified them. Some as heavy and some as light. Heavy rules and light rules. The heavy rules were those you got to follow. I mean, these are really, really important. You got to. But then the light ones are, if you get around to it, there's only one problem. Jesus said, if you break one, you've broken them all. Y'all with me? So a lawyer comes up to Jesus and he says, man, we got to get some help with this. We, we need to clarify this. Uh, if there was only one that we needed to follow, if there was only one that we need to follow, what's the, what's the number one? What's the most important? What's the great commandment? Jesus said, very good question. Let me answer your question. Watch what he says in Matthew 22, verse 36. The lawyer says, Master, which is the great commandment? Jesus said unto him, watch this. Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. In other words, with everything you've got, everything that's in you, love the Lord. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You see how Jesus married him? Now watch. Watch what it says in Romans 13. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. That's a rule. Thou shalt not steal. That's a rule. Thou shalt not bear false witness. That's a rule. Thou shalt not covet. That's a rule. And if there be any other commandment or rules, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love, watch this, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. It means this, if you love, you will follow the rules. <clears throat> you know why our kids grow up and don't follow the rules? They don't love who wrote them. hear what I said the reason our kids get to an age and they turn their back on church and God is we we've taught people to love the rules and not the one who wrote them now I don't know about y'all I don't love any rules y'all don't either For instance, speed limit, 70 miles an hour. Oh, now, we're spiritual now, ain't we? <laughs> 70 miles an hour, where do you go? 
75. And then when we run into an area where it drops down to 55, we get so mad. You know why? We don't like rules. Our flesh hates rules. You see a sign. Wet paint. <laughs> Do not touch. <laughs> Don't walk on the grass. Man. Am I right? Because we don't like rules. But when we learn who wrote them and why he wrote them, I was always frustrated as a kid when my dad would make us stay out of the road with our bicycle. Because we had this long concrete driveway that went out to the road, and it would have been a perfect launching spot. But there was a crack, there was a crack in the driveway that that was our boundary. And if we went past that crack, you see, I, I, was, I was raised before time out. And I was raised before parents went one. Two, don't you do that, two, two and a half. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I just didn't understand why Dad had this rule we couldn't get on the road, man. The road was so much easier to ride your bicycle than the grass. But then when I had kids, and I saw the dangers of the highway, and I saw out on that road you could get squashed, and I realized this rule was not so I could not have fun. This rule was to keep me safe. And he didn't give this rule to hurt me. He gave this rule to save me and protect me because he, he loved me. Amen? So here's the deal. What are we going to do then? We got, we got, listen, watch this number. 77%. Now, this is an old number. It's worse now. But I'm going to just stay conservative. 77% of all the young people that grow up in church, by their first year in college, they're gone. You know why? We focus on the rules. And we don't teach them about a relationship. And, and or the, the exact opposite. Now, here's the deal. What do we need to do in the church, preacher? I'll tell you what we need to do. This is what we're going to do. The misconception is that you can have one without the other. The message is this. They go together. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, listen, the, the law is fulfilled. Because if you love somebody, you won't kill them. If you love somebody, you won't lie to them. If you love, that's why it's supreme. Are y'all with me? So what do we need to do? First thing we're going to do, which we've been doing, 
but we're going to focus on this. We're going to teach them the facts. We're going to teach them the Word of God, line by line, jot by jot. Listen, we're going to give them exactly what God says. I want them to know what makes God happy. I want them to know what makes God sad. I want them to know what the Bible teaches about Christian living, Christian behavior. I want them to know how to dress right. I want them to know how to talk right. Are you all with me? Well, God doesn't care about all that. Yes, he does. Ladies, God cares how you dress out in public. Men, God cares how you act in public. The Bible says, men, if you look upon a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. God cares about this stuff. That's why we need to teach him the law, teach him the word, teach him what God's word says about what makes God happy and what makes God sad. Why? Because when I got married, I learned what it means to break the heart of somebody that loves me and I love them. And it breaks my heart when I know I've broken hers. And the problem with most Christians is it doesn't break their heart when they've broken his heart. But if you, if, if you ever fall in love with him, It'll change everything. There's no way if you fall in love with Jesus that you can go to church and sing Amazing Grace and act like the devil all week long. You love somebody, you won't cheat on them. Y'all with me? So we're going to teach them the facts. Not just the rules. Not just how to dress right. Not just how to talk right. Not just how to treat one another. Not just how to have compassion, and not just how to forgive, and not just how to deal with bitterness. Not just, not just the thou shouts and the thou shalt nots. But I'm going to teach them about a God who loves every fiber of their being. I'm going to teach them that God is love, that we should love because God is love. I'm going to teach them that God loves them in every fiber of their being. Every hair on their head is numbered. And God loved them enough to send his only son to die on a cross that they could be forgiven and make it to glory. I want them to know how much God loves them. Because you see, our love is based on his love. His love is love in action. Our love is love in reaction. We, Because the Bible says in 1 John, we love him because he first loved us. What does that mean? If we will teach our young people how much God loves them, they will fall in love with him because our love is reactionary. Are y'all with me? So we need to teach them about God's love. We need to teach them about God's care and God's mercy and God's love for them. And we need to teach them to fall in love with Jesus. Yes, they need to learn the rules. They need to know what God's word says. They need to know how to treat one another. But they need to know that there's a God in glory who loves them with every fiber of their being. We're going to teach them the facts. And lastly, we're going to teach them to fellowship. That, my friend is a huge missing element in the church. Learning how to fellowship in his presence. We know how to go to church. We know how to show up. We know how to come and stand in front of somebody and, 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 and being lectured for 30 minutes. We know how to come and, 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 and follow the words on the screen. But let me ask you a question. When they're singing that song, I Know a Man Who Can, was it real to you? Or was it just a song in church? 
Let me tell you what will change your worship. If you ever hang out a little while with the one you're singing about, you're not going to stand there, I know a man who can. Some call him Savior. There's no way. There's no way. If you can worship with no emotion whatsoever, you ain't been with him in a while. I, I, me, and, me and my wife, we went out on a date the other day. And, and we hadn't done it in a long time, and I'm so ashamed. And we, we, we need to date. And you need to date. If you're married, you need to date. You need to keep dating. Uh, uh, but we were sitting at, at AJ's up there, and, and, and I was sitting in the booth. She was sitting across from me, and I was just staring at her. You would think that's what she would have said. But she, she looks up, and this is what she, she said, what are you doing? And I, I, I was just sitting there, and I was just sitting, and man, I had tears in my eyes. And I just thought, y'all cut that out. <laughs> cut that out. I, I'd almost forgot how beautiful and blue her eyes were. AD, it's, it's bad, ain't it? It's bad. But really, I had tears in my eyes. And then it embarrassed her. And, and But I thought, man, how we get so caught up and so busy that we forget what's right in front of us. And, and here we have a God who is the sweet rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley, the bride and morning star. And it took me slowing down and spending some time in fellowship with my wife to remember how much she meant to me. And what's happening in the church today is we're forsaking fellowship and being in his presence. We've learned how to be religious. We've learned how to go through the motions. We've learned how to stand in here and go home. But have you been in his presence? The woman who had a reputation came to Jesus in Simon's house and she began to weep. Because she was emotionally overcome being in his presence because he had meant so much to her. When's the last time that meant something to you? When's the last time you come to church for more reason than you, you had issues that week? When's the last time you come to church so you could feel him? And so you could be in his presence, so you could sing and say, let me tell you what you mean to me. Let me tell you, you got the prettiest eyes I've ever saw. When's the last time you just adored him and loved him? Because I promise you, 
if you fall in love with him, you won't care what rules he has. You won't care. I learned rules when I got married. It was not in the contract. <laughs> Do I have a witness, gentlemen? But you know what? I don't care. I don't care. Because she means so much to me. I follow the rules. She come in last night. Been working up here at the church, planting them flowers dirty. Putting them pumpkins and stuff out. I hate that stuff. Man, I'd rather poke me in the eye, man. I. She loves that stuff. She's doing all that. Come home. It was late. Last night, I was watching the game. And, uh, and, uh, kind of peeked over my chair. She was in the kitchen. I said, I sure am hungry. And she said, she said, baby, if I fry one of these pork chops or you eat them, I said, I'll eat two of them. <laughs> Late at night, she's in a frying them pork chops. Fried pork chops. Greasy fried pork chops. You are not eat. I worked all week at the gym. I'm eating a pork chop. She comes in there and lays that plate on my belly. And I said, I sure am a lucky man. And you know what she said? You sure are. Has it dawned on you lately how blessed you are that Jesus loves you? That Jesus would leave glory and come to this earth to be crucified so you could have a home in glory. Has it dawned on you lately how blessed you are? If it ever does, Keeping the rules won't be a problem. Acting like a Christian won't be a problem. Following Jesus won't be a problem. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your blessing. Thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, keeping the rules is not an issue. Not when we love you. God, looking like a Christian and talking like a Christian and acting like a Christian won't be an issue whatsoever. We'll just fall in love with you. Lord, help us to teach our, our young people the facts. Help us to teach them the word. Help us to teach them sound doctrine. But help us not to... Help us not to miss out and skip over teaching them how to love on Jesus and let Jesus love on them. Help us to teach them how to develop a relationship. Help us to teach them to fall in love with Jesus because he is head over heels in love with them. Father, I pray if there's someone here that's not saved, I pray that they'd come. 
If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I want them to come right now. We'll, we'll take a Bible and we'll show them how to be saved. If there's someone here that just needs to join up, this is where God wants them to be and they want to join up with Temple, let them come right now. If there's somebody here that just needs to fellowship a minute, maybe through this service they've realized what you've meant to them. They've realized what you are and who you are and how much you love them. Lord, I want them to come down to this altar and fellowship just a minute. Just, just, just be in your presence just a minute. Just to talk to you just a minute. Just to love on you just a minute. I want you to come. Christian, come. Come meet with him. He's, he's here. He's here. He wants to talk to you and he wants you to talk to him. Come and fellowship. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that, Lord, that your, 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 your perfect will will be done in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. If you're here and you're a gentleman and you're going to be baptized, if you're here and you're a gentleman, you're going to be baptized. I want you to come to this side right over here. Brother Shane, raise your hand. He'll show you where you're at. If you're here and you're a lady and you're going to be baptized, if you're here and you're a lady and you're going to be baptized, if you'll come to my right, Miss Tracy, she's over here. She'll help you and, 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 and get you set up there. So if you're coming for baptism, men on my left, gentlemen or ladies on my right, and let's sing. Let's sing. If you need to come for salvation, come as we sing. Come as we sing. speaking to your heart come on speaking to you. Trust him. He knows what he's doing. Is there something you need to lay down? Is there something you need to give over to him? He said, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Trust him today. God bless these knees. Lord, bless these knees. Bless these hairs. Lord, I pray your will be done. I will lay it down. 
Let's take a moment and just praise and love on him a minute. All right? Let's worship him. Come on, give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, 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 I stand in awe of why he would even love us. Why he would even care so much for us that he would have done what he done. But you know, that's just who he is. I, I, you, we say, why would God look? That's who he is. God is love. That's who he is. Church, say amen. That's good stuff right there. Amen. Listen, we're going to give because we love. This, <clears throat> this is the part in our service where we give back. Worship is about giving. We give our praise. We give our love, we give from our hearts, we give from our wallets to show we appreciate what he's done for us. So let's pray and let's ask God to bless this offering, use it for his glory. If you're here for the very first time, you're not obligated to this. We do this to be a blessing to you. We do this because we love Jesus and we appreciate what he's done for us, all right? Father, thank you for your, your blessings. Thank you for the service. Thank you for the sweet spirit that's in this place. Thank you for the truth of your word that you've taught us today. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll bless this offering. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.